Hey, it's Ash here. Now, today's guest is Taylor Banks, Systema Technologies CFO. Uh, you want to be sure to stick around to the end to hear about how Taylor found his passion for space travel, what his mindset was like in his 20s in order to maximize the opportunities he was given, and ultimately how he was able to work his way up to becoming the CFO of a multi-million dollar aerospace and defense company. Welcome to season three of Executalks. It's the podcast that connects you with today's top executives. You will hear interesting childhood stories, stories of extreme setbacks and disappointments, and ultimately hear the story behind how these top executives were able to build an amazing career for themselves. So really quick, before we get into the show, we've started to invite our audience members on the show to connect with our guests and ask questions towards the end of our conversation. So if you'd like to be a part of our show, you need to make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter on our website and look out for emails that invite you to be on the show. And as always, you can reach out to me directly if you have any questions. My email is ash at executalks.com. Taylor was born and raised here in the Pacific Northwest, and his memory is filled with the bonds he built with his teammates in sports. He knew he wanted to pursue a higher education from an early age, so he began working as soon as he turned 16 to start saving up for college. If there's one thing Taylor's parents instilled in him, it was independence. Taylor would have to rely on himself financially if he wanted to go to college or do anything else in life. You know, growing up, I was, you know, one who always worked hard academically, you know, worked to get good grades. I didn't go to too many parties or wasn't, you know, out running around doing stuff too late. You know, I was pretty focused from an early age. That's probably a, a good testament to my parents and what they instilled on me. But you know, growing up, it was, you know, the sports and schoolwork were kind of the two big things I was working on. As a kid, I did start working early on, kind of knowing I would have to or I wanted to go to college and that financially I would have to find a way to afford it. I didn't really need to, to lean on anyone to, to help get me where I wanted to be. I obviously had tons of mentors in what I was doing, but you know, that level of independence that my parents helped drive was, was huge for me in my career. You know, accountability is something that they really instilled in me. So, you know, between that independence and accountability, you really set me up for, for where I am today. But I've always had this this drive to to work and be as successful as possible in whatever I was doing, mm. whether it was something as you know you know, a, a grade on a test or a paper or sports or even you know a board game or doing something around the house. You know, I'm a pretty competitive person. You know, hard to translate that into an emotion, but yeah. it's something that I've always had from an early on age. I think I see it in different aspects of what I do, and there's different levels of ambition, but. But that's something that's definitely stuck with me since early childhood. So Taylor got his undergraduate degree in accounting from the University of Washington, then went to go work for Blue Origin, which is where he found his passion for space travel. Now, even though his job was in accounting for the company, he felt passionate about the mission of the company. But you can't find your passion if you don't try different things. The more experiences you have, the more you begin to realize what you're actually passionate about. So I've always been driven and, and kind of guided to these smaller companies. I just feel like you can learn a lot more at them and you have more of an impact. So that's something that's always been pulling at me where I went. You know, at, at Blue Origin, it was just saying, if, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a different room. At Blue Origin, it was almost the, the opposite. I, I've never walked into the room and felt like the dumbest person more than I had in there. And just putting yourself with these highly intelligent people really hardworking people, I think it was pretty eye-opening to me of, you know, all the people out there, um, very humble people, very hardworking, but 
Um, I think that's what I took away most from there was just, you know, how smart all of these people were there and, you know, trying to bring back rockets from the first time to land them on earth after they'd been to space was, was amazing. And, you know, I was a business student in accounting. Um, I'd never had much exposure to that. Um, so it was a very exciting industry, exciting field and you know, great people to, to meet and be a part with there. But, but that was my biggest takeaway was how much I still had to learn when I was entering this new field. So um, I know you're passionate about space, space travel, right? When did, when did you first realize that it, it was your passion? I think the first time was when I was able to walk the floor at, at Blue Origin and actually see okay. a spacecraft, you know, six inches in front of my face. And, and then, you know, a few years later, I actually go watch that spacecraft fly and do a mission. Um, you know, there's something pretty exciting about actually seeing it in person, you know, watching an engine test and, and feeling the, the energy hitting your chest from only a few, you know, hundred yards away. That's there's some exciting things in the real world, but uh, you know, space travel, human space travel is is quite up there. So, um, you know, before then, I I didn't have much interest. My grandpa had worked for NASA, so I might have had some, you know, underlying interest that was kind of in my subconscious. But uh, it was really there in in person. Uh, before I worked there, I had never heard of Blue Origin. Probably hadn't heard of SpaceX and these companies now that are you know, everyone knows in every home across the country. Obviously, you've had a lot of success in, in finding jobs, right? Getting, getting your foot in the door, getting, getting job offers. What do you feel like is the best way to look for a job, to get your foot in the door? I'm a big advocate for LinkedIn, huge advocate. Um, so, you know, folks out there, if you don't have a LinkedIn account, get on it, keep it up to date. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd worked a few other internships and I had some full-time offers on the table, but, you know, I wanted to go out and take a risk and see what this company was about. And, you know, once you go out and you see a spacecraft, there's there's not many other places out there that can uh, that can top it, in my opinion. Now, Taylor, you've, you've, you've obviously had th this good fortune of working directly with Jeff Bezos, the wealthiest person in the world, this, this great visionary leader. What, um, what, what What's he like? When I was at Blue Origins, a pretty small company compared to now, um, and, and I think the big takeaway I had from him is just his his level of focus and the things that really mattered. Um, and it's easy to watch his interviews and hear how he talks about, um, you know, obsessing over the customer and uh, putting the customer first. But if you really dive into it, and his level of focus is just so detailed on that is what truly matters, and not you know some of the distractions you might see in, in you know seeing him more in a personal level and up close, just that level of focus, how you can really obsess with the customer was, was pretty eye-opening for me. And it was great working for, you know, that leader, this truly mattered to him. It wasn't something that was, you know, a, a quick investment for him to make money. It was, it was his passion. And when your leader is passionate about that mission, it's so easy to, to follow them, you know, to whatever end it may be. Um, that he truly believed in it. You know, he had believed in human space travel since high school. Um, and that was very public. And, and you you get inspired when you see that person having that passion that it, it's easy to to hop on and, and help support them however you can. Hmm. What are some things that um, that you saw in Jeff that you feel would translate very well to our audience? You know, definitely following your interests or your passion is, is number one. You know, it, it might not be your field or what you do. You know, for example, I, I can't say I have a passion for accounting. You know, I, I think my passion is space and the way that I impact it and add value 
is through accounting and business. But you know, the passion is not the the debits and credits and financial statements. Um, but I was able to find that passion uh, while I was working, and unfortunately, not before then. Um, the other advice would be, you know, build your network early. Um, my first internship, the first one I ever got was um, through a mutual friend whose uh, father was looking for an accounting intern. So it's, you know, a big network that you can build in college and it can just be a personal friend in, in contact. And, you know, I think that's a lot easier than trying to send cold applications into these large companies where you end up in a, a pool of a thousand applicants. And, you know, lastly is, is try and find some place that you're genuinely interested in, you know, not trying to just see what's in it for you, but how can you help this company? Um, how can you help others in your network um, and not just be out for, for looking out after yourself? Because um, people are looking for help. Uh, we're always looking for interns at our companies and in my past. Um, and I'm helping to, you know, wanting to help these folks learn and get that experience, just like I was fortunate enough to get it when I was going through school. You know, I love when people reach out to me on LinkedIn with uh, a friendly message or something that's personal. Um, you know, if it's one big tip, I would say make your networking personal and genuine. Uh, it's pretty easy to tell who is. Uh, trying to network just for personal gain or who has the genuine interest. Um, when I get messages either on you know email or LinkedIn, I try and be accessible. It's I love sharing my thoughts you know or my experiences because I was really fortunate to have great mentors you know, ending in college in my first few jobs. But yeah, being genuine and, and reaching out through you know social media or or emails. When you're in school, there's lots of clubs and organizations and. Um, you know, we met during uh, one of the case competitions, which was great. You know, we ended up hiring, I think, three or four people from that team just out of a coincidence. So there's lots of ways to get involved in into network and not just um, in a professional setting. So after three years at Blue Origin, Taylor decided that he would leave and join a startup in Texas that was working on building rocket-powered aircrafts to fly into space. Now, during this period, he was still in his mid-20s with no kids, so he realized that this is when he could take a huge risk by leaving a very comfortable job and taking a position that was somewhat unstable. After the company had gone through financial struggles, which Taylor admits was one of the best learning experiences in his life, he decided he would move back to the Pacific Northwest and ended up at Sistema Technologies. So um, it's an interesting story. So I had uh, recently proposed to my fiance, now wife, um, and uh, about a few weeks later, I said, hey, I'm actually going to move to Los Angeles and then Midland, Texas uh, to go with this new company. So, um, you know, I had this kind of career plan and uh, I knew in a few years that uh, I'd be starting an MBA uh, at some point. So, yeah, I'd recently gotten engaged and um, then took a trip and, and she stayed back in Seattle. And then the, the company went through some financial struggles, which is a great learning experience for anyone, especially in accounting and business. So, you know, I'd previously been a Blue Origin funded by one of the richest people in the world. And now I'm at a company who's trying to fundraise and running out of money. So great learning experience. But, you know, fortunately, I had the opportunity to come back to Seattle and Sistema was looking for a position. So it was a great fit in that space and defense industry. So what happened at that company? Like, why did it end up failing? The company was in a fundraising round, fundraising had fallen through. So in parallel, my wife or my fiance at the time was still in Seattle. So, you know, there was a good fit to, you know, help leave the company, um, especially as, you know, it was getting, you know, more financially difficult. You know, and personally, too, it's it's tough to be away from someone you care about. You know, from Seattle to Midland, Texas is, yeah. is quite a distance. And, you know, I think in the short term, it was something that I viewed as, 
in the short term, this learning experience is going to pay long-term dividends in what I want to do in my career. Um, not saying it wasn't hard, it was extremely hard, but you know, looking back, I think we definitely made the right decision. Uh, so it was great to have that six-month learning experience uh, and then come back to Sistema and um, back to the Northwest, which, which I love. Something big in my life is, you know, I set a, a really definitive goal in my first 10 years to learn as much as I can. And in, if that was on the job, going back and getting a, a master's degree, um, taking classes, I wanted to learn as much as I could. So, you know, I, I had an opportunity um, to move to a different company that was a little bit smaller and had some different uh, business ventures. You know, they were uh, VC funded and angel funded, so great learning opportunity. So the big drive for there was for me just to continue learning within these first 10 years. I had a great experience at Blue Origin. I learned so much really built a good foundation, but my drive and focus to keep learning in those first 10 years is, is what you know, led me to go step out and, and take a risk. And, you know, big piece of advice is, you know, mostly when you're young, it's a lot easier to take a risk and, and fail. And you don't have, you know, usually the, the family responsibilities, you know, in debt or mortgage. Um, you know, if it didn't work out, I, I, I didn't have the huge financial implications um, or family implications. So I wanted to take that risk and see, you know, could I really continue that exponential learning curve early on in my career? It's not chasing money, chasing, you know, prestige of the company name or the job title. It's, it has to be learning because without that knowledge, you are going to flatline. So, uh, you know, if you ever stop learning and whatever you're doing in, in school or in a job um, or in anything extracurricular, you know, look to move you have to keep learning. So you decided to go back and get your MBA. Uh, why did you make that decision? My undergrad was in accounting and I'd probably say, you know, 80% of the, the folks in my cohort went on and did a fifth year master's in accounting. You know, me personally, I knew that accounting wasn't my passion. It was, you know, the space industry and business more so than just going and getting a CPA. So I went into industry first because I wanted to figure out, you know, what is it that I wanted to do with my life? And I was, you know, very fortunate to find that industry. So then uh, what I did want to then was go back and, and become more well-rounded in business. So in my undergrad, I was super focused in accounting. I took so many classes that I didn't get to experience anything beyond just the accounting sector. Um, so that was a big uh, focus for me to go back and get my MBA opposed to doing the CPA router or master's in accounting is I wanted that business experience. Um, Foster and UW had a great, and they still have a great entrepreneurship program, which was my big focus. So uh, I wanted to go in and learn a lot about entrepreneurship, uh, you know, opposed to maybe a finance focus or a marketing focus. Uh, entrepreneurship is really important to me. Um, and, and then lastly, it's a, a great way to meet people and network. And I think you're right. You can learn, you know, a lot of those skills in a book or on online classes or being self-taught, whether it's the, you know, the business skills, but you know, meeting people in different companies and different industries and, and working in a team. Uh, so that's when I was picking my MBA programs. I wasn't really focused as much on the curriculum, but more what are those above and beyond extracurricular activities? You know, were you meeting with groups and were there case competitions or outside things that I could learn from? Because, you know, those are the things that you can't really go and pick up a book or watch a YouTube video and, and learn. My focus was never climbing the ladder. It was, 
learning as much as I could. And I don't, I, I know I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at today and have the relationships I do and meet with people I do if I didn't have that learning experience. You know, you know my advice again is if you're not learning, you, you need to change something and, and keep learning because it gets very hard to continue to get where you want to be in your career. Climbing the ladder is not for everyone and it shouldn't be, but I, I think learning is for everyone and you should be out there learning, especially early on in your career. Because if you get to a point where you eventually want to move in your career path or move upwards and you don't have that foundation or that knowledge, it is extremely hard, um, no matter how many years you've been working or who you know. And there's different ways to learn. Some people do it through just industry experience. Um, you know, I know people who you know just went to high school and never went to college, but they found ways to learn in industry or outside of formal education. And that's totally fine. But the key there is is learning however you have to do it. And I feel like now, like, you know, we live in the information age, you can learn anything online, right? Once I got that first job offer from Blue Origin, you could believe my YouTube search filter was, you know, rocket launches and how do rockets work and human space travel. And it, that's just what interests me. But, you know, I wasn't going to go and, and study or do a master's in, you know, aerospace. It was going and, and just learning that industry knowledge or talking with people. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to go out to happy hour and just pick someone's brain. You know, people love talking about what they do. It's really easy to do if you show that interest. And, you know, I remember plenty of times I'd ask someone, you know, what do you do? And, you know, I wouldn't get another word in for 45 minutes. I'm just learning and absorbing and people just, they love talking about their passions, but yeah, it's, it's all about that, that learning. You know, if you ever look back, I never thought I'd be at the same place for, for five years, but you know, that's a testament to learning. It's, I'm still learning every day and it's very easy and excited to wake up in the morning and go learn. You know, we're, we're over 200 people now. We're getting close to pushing 250. Um, we recently signed a, a deal for a new building, um, you know, almost 300,000 square feet. So we're working on manned space missions. We're working on, you know, rockets, critical defense technologies for our country. Um, so it's, it's very easy to, to wake up and, and have that passion and go to work. Um, and going from 40 people to 250, you're, you're, there's a lot to learn. Um, so, you know, every day there is, is, you know, we've never been this type of company before, have this much revenue or this many people. So, uh, yeah, every day is exciting. And we're looking forward to doing, you know, bigger systems, more important, more challenging technical risks every single day. Hey guys, thank you for sticking around and listening to Taylor's story. We are now at the last segment of our show called Connection Section Questions, where we ask questions that allow you to get to know our guest on a much deeper level. So if you were to meet the 25-year-old Taylor, what advice would you give to him? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I don't know if I'm at the point now where where I know if the decisions I've made at 25 have, have really paid off or not. I think that answer is going to change. You know, that was for me only, you know, five, six years ago. So a lot of that I think still to be determined. You know, I think I've made those right decisions, um, you know, not only in the, the work environment and the industry and my career, um, but I think also with my family and, um, you know, my wife, my kid, I think have all been great. I, I think my one piece of advice I would reiterate um, or make sure that I stuck with is, is to, to not be patient. Um, I think there's a sense of telling people when they're, you know, early in their careers that, you know, be patient and, you know, take your time and it'll come to you. 
I think patients should be very focused and um, if you're not able to get the answers you want or to be doing what you want or you're learning, it's okay to be impatient. And I think I have a sense of, you know, impatience and I had wanted to learn and, and moved around in my career early on. Um, and I think that paid off. Um, time will tell, but you know, that's something that I, I would continue to reiterate. Um, even though I've had mentors tell me to be more patient, it's the, that patience better be purposeful. If not, you know, it's okay to, to take risk and be impatient. If you're going to be patient, make sure it's you know extremely focused. The the impatient I like to see is, you know, so many times I'll hear people say, you know, this job it says it requires you know five to seven years experience, so I can't apply for that job. And I, you know, just kind of say, you know, BS. Go apply for it. If you know what you're doing, what is years of experience or having this degree matter? Um, you know, if, if you want a promotion in your career or a raise, you know, the, the worst answer you can get is no. Um, you know, save those purposeful patients for when you really need them. You know, don't go out and always be the one who's requesting those things for things that don't matter to you. Um, but there's there's a time to be impatient and, and don't be afraid to be impatient when it truly matters. What in your life do you feel like has given you the greatest sense of fulfillment? Obviously, my wife and kids. Huge, huge sense of fulfillment. Um, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're gone today out of the house. But, um, you know, it, it's so nice, you know, coming home after, you know, say a busy day or stressful day and, and being able to, to play with my family and, and you know, see my wife. You know, I'd say in, in my career, um, you know, I get a lot of fulfillment from that ambition and, and getting things done. And, and I love for, you know, to be successful and that's less so me personally being successful, but my teams and who I work with being successful. Um, you know, I remember working with you in the business plan competition and, um, you know, I had such a little role in that, but when you guys, you know, were able to go place in all those competitions, I mean, just seeing that success and, and being part of that team and team success was, was so fulfilling for me. Um, and I think that's why I got back into coaching and love working on these teams and what I'm doing is, is having that ambition, that success. If you could be remembered for just one thing, what would you want that to be? You know, the impact I had, whether it's, you know, in mentoring someone early on in their career or in the coaching I've done with young athletes and young people. Um, even now, I love when I get texts from players I've coached five and 10 years ago who, you know, maybe in fifth grade, I knew them and um, they send me a message once they're in college or after college. Yeah, I, I get a lot of fulfillment from seeing these people who, you know, I hope and I feel I help build a foundation for their success in their life. Um, you know, no interest in the long term, you know, financial recognition or having this job title. Uh, I really have that fulfillment in seeing other people succeed and, and feeling like I, I was able to offer my advice or my support to them. In your opinion, what is the most important life skill? Drive and focus. In this day and age, with any job, a lot of jobs going to automation and globalization and the world getting smaller and smaller, it's less of kind of what you know and um, maybe who you know that's going to set you apart. I think that most important skill is having that drive and ambition. And, you know, when your back's against the wall and it's going to be you or someone else or your team or someone else's team or are you going to be the one to satisfy your customer 
are you going to be there to to do the hard work to to come out on top and win um you know it might be call it competition it might be focus or drive but you know all those words um which i think is a skill that you can work on and you're not just born with the driver ambition um i think that really sets you apart from others when you're applying for a job or you're trying to get that next promotion or go win business from a new customer or go raise money are you going to you know roll up your sleeves grit your teeth and and go make it happen no matter what it takes what is the best advice that someone has ever given you that's a really good question the best advice someone's ever given me um i had a boss um previous boss of the company um who told me and i forget the setting whether it was a meeting or um another job interview or where it was but to to always be the the most prepared person in the in the room and i've used that to this day in so many different settings um i've used it in in job interviews you know when it comes to taking a test um or even you know at a basketball game scouting opponents or or being you know really sure of what you're going to do is um you can't control the outcome or control what other people do but you can control what you do and if you are always focused on being the most prepared the most ready person in whatever you're doing you've given yourself a chance it might not work out but if you are not prepared if you are not set up you have no chance and and so that's something that i take with me and everything i do is i'm going to be the most prepared person you know my group my team is going to be prepared because without it you have no chance It doesn't mean you're going to win if you are prepared but but it gives you a shot that's all you can ask for. And the last one is if if you were stranded on an island and had access to one meal what would that meal be for you? I'm a big pizza guy. I, I, no matter what type I'm, I I'm a big pizza guy. Um now it depends though because it's is it only one type of pizza or do I get to change my pizzas all throughout? That's the best part about pizza. You know, I I'm more New York. Um okay. I, I do like the thinner crust. Um but but pizza man it's it's never the wrong time for me to have pizza thank you so so much for listening now if you enjoyed this episode please 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 leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts it only takes a few seconds but it's worth so much to us we are helping new professionals in a very unique way and we need people to hear about it we need you to help us reach more people by leaving us a rating and review i hope to see you again next week